Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to the Garage Athlete Show. It's myself and Dan this week. Apologies, we had to take a break last week. Life was just absolutely mental with Dan's twins and basically my little girl's nursery just decided, well, I didn't, they didn't just decide. They got a case of COVID and <laughs> had to shut from the uh, Friday. Um, can you hear that in the background or not? So we are back in business, ready to go. We uh, had some, well, I wouldn't say relaxing time off, like being, I had to isolate with Chloe for a couple of weeks. It was freaking full on, man. Like, yeah. Like, looking after a couple of times was quite tough. Yeah, training was definitely on the back burner there. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm quite lucky as in um, me and Natalie have essentially come to an arrangement where, so normally on a Tuesday and a Friday, I train during the day because they're the days that Willow's at nursery. Uh, and then essentially they get some evening time with me, whereas I'm just having to train. I think I'm training Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday evenings or about 8 p.m., which isn't the greatest in terms of like sleep um, because I find sometimes when I get to bed, I'm still a little bit wired because my... I'm all like jacked up from uh, kind of training late at night, but it is what it is. And obviously when things kind of go back to normal uh, and I can take my caffeinated pre-workout again. So actually it's probably giving me a nice rest from the caffeinated pre-workout. So I'm trying to limit myself to like a coffee or two a day as well. So it's just taking the, um, taking the positives kind of where you can. I'm using this time to basically bring, bring up my um, caffeine tolerance again, as I, um, don't have as much as kind of I normally would and again as I said so Willow will probably be making an appearance at some point in this podcast today just because she is milling about um right uh so what's new with yourself matey like are you all sort for sorted for Christmas have you done your Christmas shopping I know you've had a bit busy few weeks or Really oh, you haven't done anything. Oh wow. Okay. Anything. I know, right? But I'm not even <laughs> that many people. I think my wife sorted out presents for the kids. Uh, oh, that's good. Um, and then I just that's the big one though, isn't it? You don't really want to be rushing around on what's it? Um, what's the Arnie film where he's rushing around on Christmas well, Eve? Yeah. Um, where he's rushing around on Christmas Eve to get his kids like um Put the cookie down. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> That, that's not really me, unfortunately. But um, yeah, like, I'm all right, man. Just I haven't got. I'm really sorry. Have I you got the present for your wife, though? You what, mate? Have you got the present for your wife? No, she can't decide what she wants. Like, my wife's oh, very specific about what she's very specific about what she wants. So, and she's giving you like I a week to get her that to get it. Yeah, you need to get yeah, that out of her, mate. <laughs> yeah, we got Amazon Prime and whatnot, but I'll, I'll, I think I'll have to like get it done today or tomorrow, and that's the cut off. I mean, like. Uh, for my parents, you know, I'm not really. It's weird because because we live up uh, in in Newcastle, and all our families are down south. I won't be seeing anyone over Christmas. Yeah, so I'm kind of like get it done in the January sales. It'll be cheaper. Yeah, exactly. So I might get away with it because I'm not seeing anyone. So uh, uh, it could be okay. But then yeah, my kids are bought for, and then I need to buy. We're a bit. We're. we're uh, I wouldn't say cheap to so my family, but we kind of just do secret Santa for everyone. So you only buy yeah. for one anyway so exactly. yeah we do the same for like the extended family just because when you get into that extended family if you're trying to buy even if it's only like 10 15 20 quid a gift like as soon as you get up to like grandparents and down that's like what 20 gifts you've kind of got to buy for people that you very rarely see mm. so i think the whole once i mean once kids are above like 16 or 18 that doing some sort of like secret santa everyone gets one name out of the hat, you still get the opening presents, you still get that kind of part of the day, but it takes the pressure off and you're not then, because you hear about families putting themselves into thousands and thousands of pounds of debt for like one day. And I don't know about your kids, but like half the stuff that they get is forgotten about within a couple of days. And oh, it's... It's just, it's for sure. It's like, I'm very much, I'm not a materialistic person. Like I like a few shiny things. So like my, my garage is, my garage gym is probably the most expensive thing that I own. Yeah, um, but it's like, I don't need to have like the latest iPhone. I don't need to have like the shiny Rolex or anything like that. That's not something that's important to me, but I'm finding that, 
for a lot of people it kind of is and as i said they put themselves into like financial difficulties just to have these shiny objects that they don't really mean that much in kind of the long term and then these are also the people that are like unhappy with kind of like how they look as well because they're spending so much time and money on stuff they're not actually spending quality time like with the people that they care about so deep yes so try deep. to be <laughs> so deep man but, uh, yeah, I mean, oof. yeah, I, I've, I've never been one person to put myself in debt for Christmas. I mean, I guess I put myself into debt for the gym, but um, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone within the group is at least, actually, no, we've heard some people that just buy all cash, don't they? Or they, they trade stuff. Oh, so that I used they... to, yeah, I used, I, I'm still trying to do a little bit of the old uh, buy, you know, flipping stuff on Facebook or just trying to look for secondhand stuff all the time but it's just it's nearly it, it's doable now but it's nearly impossible like it's not like because it was. the demand's so high anything that's reasonably I priced by new now because like you well, can't yeah well anything that's reasonably priced to get snapped up like that because there's 100 200 eyes out there looking to do the same thing Even so, so like, I, like past time was like what let's say you buy a new plate it's 250 a kilo yeah. Uh, whereas if you bought second hand, it was a pound a kilo. So you're like, well, I'm saving over half here for basically, basically the same thing. Whereas yeah. now second hand's like, say, two pound a kilo and brand new was like 250 kilo. Like, well, I might as well just buy new. Like, what's yeah. the and also new, you get a warranty. You get it. You've got a guarantee on in terms of the qualities. You know where it's come from. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things, as you said at the moment. Like, to be honest, I'm... I was going to, I need probably about another 100 kilos in weight just because I got the leg press. So I've like maxed out like all my big plates on the leg press because I've got a 25, a 20, a 15, and then a couple of 10s. But yeah. that's like as many plates as I can kind of fit on it. So I need like another 20 plate to be able to kind of progress kind of any further. And it's just like, I, I just can't wait and for the prices to kind of come back down um so now it's just waiting for places to kind of get stocked back in where i can pick something up so even if you go to like argos and muscle squad or something like that i'm just looking just to get some just iron at two pound a kilo i don't even mind spending two pound a kilo now i was always i was gonna wait until it came back down yeah, to like one, 150 a kilo and then it's like fuck's sake right i, I need it now so crazy yeah you would you would change yeah but i would never have in the past though well, i would not reluctantly but i just wouldn't have spent too good a kilo uh kilo because which is even expensive like, i was looking at urethane plates earlier because like a few of them and primer ones look really nice and other stuff and we're talking like you know they're wonderful plates they are so much better quality than cast iron etc but we're talking like a hundred pound for one plate and it's like yeah it's, it's a good bit of cash you know like especially like if you're trying to buy like seven eight pairs it's like oh god it's really gone quite high here so yeah <laughs> i'm happy with cast iron that'll do me not really like calibrate at all yeah well we should um like jay was saying the other day he was on like alibaba and like trying to venture into that field the other day um, i'm i'm so tempted to get like they're right i need five guys that are all looking to spend about 200 quid on some plates we go, we buy some from a factory in China, we get them shipped over to somewhere that's in the middle of the country, and then we all just <laughs> go and meet up to kind of split it up. Yeah, I'm about, um, to, yeah, I'm about to try and pick up quite a lot of plates, actually, so I wouldn't have been a bit bad idea. I, well, I, I want to have a little look into it, because then, as you said, you can always buy some extra and then just sell them a marketplace at yeah. what? A 15 20 percent markup or whatever and make quite a bit of your money back i don't know so. if i could deal with the stress of bringing it over though like i was speaking to a couple of guys that do it and it's just like the import the knowing what's going in the brexit the no oh yeah you've got the whole brexit thing oh, to deal with I'm now, not sure. I, I think i'd rather just well, brexit, if it's shipping from china though will brexit affect it much apparently so yeah i mean i'm not sure the ins and out but it does yeah because everything changes so i mean a lot of it's speculation at the moment but we'll find out but um yeah pretty Oh, they will get a deal done like very last minute, like the deadline day. It'll go till midnight on that deadline day because they want to squeeze every bit of juice out of it just because they're fucking politicians and that's what they like to do. <laughs> Amazing. Right, should we get into some questions? Yes, too, bud. 
So I asked for some Christmas themed ones. Don't seem to have got that many Christmas themed ones, but I put some Christmas themed ones in there because we are what, 10 days away from Christmas now. And oh, so we have got something special lined up for you guys next week. Uh, we're not going to give away any like hints of what it is, but it, sh it should be fun anyway. So first question from James Crowther, any suggestions on how I should approach my training after seven weeks off due to COVID sickness slash hashtag it depends. You be careful. <laughs> yeah, I think on return to the end, you have to, on this one, <laughs> hey, sweetie. It's probably not... I'm okay, thank you. Oh, she's safe. I'm good. You go back to, you go back to iPad. I mean, when you're returning back from sickness, I would say it's almost not, not so much it depends. You have to take slash frustrated at how much your work capacity has changed, but you just have to be patient. The beauty of having a home gym and doing it is that you can do a little bit every day if you want to. For example, you might find that doing maybe even just two sets of working weight of squats is enough and it puts you into the red so just do those two sets and then maybe try and catch up a bit more in the week but what i would do um, I'm, I'm currently going through this myself because i took four weeks off um, with baby covid isolation twins or color all that kind of stuff i haven't i didn't train for a month and coming back i'm fine i'm having to go really really slow like to the point like starting off with two sessions a week um trying to boost it up to three doing just you know where i would normally do five sets i'm only doing a couple of sets the load's really reduced um i'm i'm very reactive what do they call it um i'm working auto regulation so i'm working purely based on what i can output and what feels right i'm, I'm really just trying to have a think about what i can and can't do i'm not really following a program because i think right now if i did follow a program i'd be very sort of um more guidelines like try a bit of this do a little bit of that um if you you know if you if the plan says four sets but two sets feels enough just do two so it's a really it, you got to think of it as like starting the wheels on a train again you know it's a really slow start you feed the engine you start to get it moving you might feel like you're probably doing too little but then as you go through the weeks then you start ramping up you start moving forward and then you start worrying about you know not worrying but like pushing to more numbers that you're familiar with uh, another good one is maybe when you get back to training is just doing something different that you've never done before that you don't have the emotional connection to with the numbers so one thing I always do when I come back to fitness is I normally go typically bodybuilding style training because uh, I have no idea what it is um, in terms of numbers. It's a variation I don't normally hit first. So whatever I do, it's something I have a number for. So that keeps me mentally switched on as opposed to you know, going straight back in on the old squat bench dead and um, taking the hit on that. So, yeah, that'd be my advice. Slowly build. Yep. Um, pretty similar then from me. So I've had to have a, I've had a client that's, uh, he had a, um, can you stop that please, um, had a hernia operation recently. So he's coming back from the April, uh, sorry, from the, um, the hernia. I think he's just, uh, <laughs> he's just sorted out his daughter there. She's very, very cute. Anyone with kids knows what this is like. They're just relentless. They never, <laughs> never stop. <laughs> uh, she's climbing all over him. Oh, amazing. That's very, very funny. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll have a look at maybe what the next question is whilst Don wrestles his daughter. <laughs> Having a great time. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of returning, are you back? Okay. Yeah. All, all we do is you just tickle her <laughs> and then she tells you runs away and then she'll go back to the eye. She just wants to see how are you, that's all. Yeah, she just wants to say how how are you. Very cute. So yes, I've just had a client that's had to do this. He went and had some keyhole surgery. So he's very, very strong. And we actually just like you said moved him away from a set program just because because we were doing the progressive overload up to then, I said, if I have something written down on paper for you within this system, you're going to want to try and beat it. That's just the type of person that you are. So yeah, we just go right back to basics. Maybe throw some stuff in there, as you said, that you don't normally do. So I had him doing some like body weight stuff, um, some like higher rep range stuff. And you just want to 
train to feel better rather than chase numbers. So as you said, doing some exercises that you might not have done for a little while, some of the ones that you enjoy, and just making sure that it's not, you're not trying to go straight back in kind of where you were when you kind of left off, because you are going to be weaker. Neurologically, you're gonna not have as good a um, movement pattern kind of thing you did. You, if you go straight back in at those numbers, you run the risk of injuring yourself and having another however many weeks out to recover from an injury. So it's just be sensible with it. Drop the weight by a decent amount and just work kind of back up slowly. Yep, yep. nailed it. Okay. So Matt Foster, how do you approach Christmas with regards to nutrition? I'm training for strength, casually, not for comp. And it's my first exercise training as opposed to just exercising. I plan on training throughout and then chowing down on mostly meat, try to avoid too many spuds. So I then put, what is the end goal? Strength or aesthetics? And he's put, I've recently cut six kilos and the goal now is strength. So to be honest, as long as you're not a greedy pig, you don't really need to do anything special kind of around Christmas. There's there's more food around. And obviously on Christmas day, it, it's a feast for a reason. Like I think people can end up eating like four or 5,000 calories like in a single day. However, if you're training regularly, your body will utilize that. Like there's bodybuilders I know that are eating four or 5,000 calories a day, every day. So, it's one of those things if you're trying to if you've got an aesthetic goal and you don't want to put on weight kind of over the christmas period it's just be sensible with it track your food as normal don't track on christmas day don't be that wanker that's like putting christmas dinner into my fitness pal because nobody likes that person um no one does that no no people do that trust me i've I've had to tell people, like, don't track on Christmas Day. And they've gone, oh, well, I enjoy tracking. It's like, okay, well, then you do that. You do you. But um, I'm telling you now, I don't want you to track on Christmas Day. Like, it's very, very hard. If you think about it, a pound of fat is three and a half thousand calories. The average person needs 2,000 calories for their BMR or what their normal amount of calories per day anyway so to put on a pound of fat you need to eat five and a half thousand calories like in a day and not do like anything so if that's just a normal person then yeah they might put on a pound of fat if it's somebody who trains what's going to happen is all that extra energy is going to go to your muscles and if you then train over the next couple of days like you'll utilize those calories so try not to think of it as and putting on weight it's use those extra calories and go and set some personal bests in the gym go and lift some weights if you enjoy lifting weights if you want to lift weights on christmas day and your family understand by all means crack on like it's one of the benefits of having a home gym is we can go and train on christmas day if we want to but if you don't want to like don't feel guilty because some other people are like so yeah, if it, if your goal is strength, like don't worry about it too much. Is, is yeah, but put the calories to good use, man. Like do some heavy training. Like if yeah. you're if you're if you're getting a few extra calories, then make use of it. Like put it to work. That's what I would do. Definitely, I know I will be. Um, this Christmas Day's Saturday this year, isn't it? It's Paul deadlifts. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, fun times. Um, and as I said, I'm training in the evenings at the moment, so we've got. My stepsons are with their dad in the morning and then they come to us about four. So we're having Christmas dinner about one or two. And then my stepsons will come in the afternoon. So we're having split Willow's presents in half. So she's getting like half her presents in the morning with us. And then she'll have some presents to open when her big brothers are coming to open their presents or else. Um, You won't have had, you've only got one. You've just had the twins, haven't you? So when... The younger ones don't really understand when they get to about two, two and a half and Claudia is having a birthday and it's not their birthday. Like that's going to be an interesting one to manage because uh, <laughs> it was Josh's birthday on the 6th of December. Um, we were having to prep her for like two weeks beforehand being like, it's Josh, Josh's birthday. You could help him unwrap his presents. But remember that it's, it's Josh's birthday. Willow gets presents at Christmas and um, yeah, she was all right with it actually. We didn't have any tantrums. Oh, however, 
she liked his remote control car that he got so much we had to buy her one. So she didn't get a present the day of, but Danny was on Amazon and ordering another one of those remote control cars so that it came the next <laughs> day because she was having a meltdown because she couldn't play with it. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, said to Natalie, why don't we get her a, a, a gift to like go with it? Because she's two. Yeah. She can't. No, 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 I don't want to start that. But then the day of the so because it came the day after the birthday, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> you can't get her a gift for the day of the birthday. Amazing. Yeah, no, you gotta do what you got. Yeah, you do you as you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh right. Next one. Next one. Next one's from me. Christmas cake versus Christmas pudding. Oh man, it's got to be Christmas pudding, right? I mean, they're both. I mean, I, I don't. I do like Christmas pudding in that, but like, I'm not bothered about Christmas. Is, is Christmas cake like basically almost like Christmas pudding, but with marzipan and stuff on it? Yeah, just the yeah, the cake kind of over the top. I've got, I've got no time for marzipan. What do you think about it? Uh, I'm out of the two. It's Christmas pudding, definitely. Um, I'm the only one. So Natalie doesn't like Christmas pudding. The kids don't like Christmas pudding. Um, we've got my stepmother-in-law coming around for Christmas dinner and she likes Christmas pudding so I essentially have half a Christmas pudding on Christmas day because it's just me and one other person that eat it so I'm just like give me those carbs like now (laughs) and this is and it's the first year I'm actually in like a bulking season when it is Christmas dinner and I can just be like right give me the food like as much of it that can go in it's going in Yeah, get it done, man. I mean, yeah, I would, I would. I mean, we know the Christmas cake's never really been. It's been around, but it's one of them things like I swear everyone buys because it's tradition. Yeah. Then like no one really eats it. Like no, it's just a fruit cake at the end of the day, isn't it? It's a fruit cake with some it, Christmassy yeah. icing on the top. Yeah, it is pretty much just a fruit cake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is Christmas pudding, if I'm honest. Christmas pudding is just a fruit cake that yeah, we pour whiskey or brandy on top of it and set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, but, but like we're—it's uh, our—it's our well, it's our first Christmas as a family up here because of COVID without everyone, mm-hmm. and we're like, well, none of us eat Christmas pudding. So we're not having it. Like dinner-wise, I think we're having beef and turkey because I was kind of like, well. You know, like I don't mind turkey, but like we're not that bothered by it. And I'm like, oh, well, it's it's quite a thing you have to work at to get right. Like you really have to do some um, prep and cook it really properly, otherwise it's just dry and horrible. So I was like, all right, well, screw that. And then uh, yeah, so just sort of traditional stuff. I mean, we'll probably end up having sprouts because we'll chuck a load of bacon in it, so that'll be yes. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's a sort of traditional Christmas things we won't be partaking in, and I think Christmas cake and Christmas pudding will be one of them. I much prefer a Yule log. That that, that suits me. Yes. Actually, I've not had a Yule log in years because, again, the kids, if it appeared, it'd be gone before I got to it. (laughs) Right. uh, Next question. Why are pigs in blankets only a thing at Christmas? I don't know. Maybe because they're so calorific. I don't know. Like Maybe we can't sustain it with all our piggies. But, But, like, you take two of the, the best things about breakfast, which is bacon and sausages, and you wrap one in the other. Like, I want to know why Why is this not a thing, like, more of the year than just just at Christmas? Like, I, you can't go to a shop and just order pigs in blankets. Like, well, it just seems so barbaric, like, a pig wrapped in its own, like, meat. <laughs> They just call it a blanket. It's like, oh, that sounds really nice. <laughs> We're just tucking these animal. piggies up for a nice warm trip into the oven. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I always, uh, what do you call it? I always used to see how many I could get in around Christmas time. It was almost like bottomless. You know, when your parents start doing the cooking, you'd be constantly just nicking them, like eating them. My oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, um, yeah, because they're always, there's so many of them as well around Christmas, just because. Again, you can't get them at other times of year. You can't just pop to M&S and get a tray of pigs in blankets unless it's like two weeks before Christmas and literally there is thousands of them and then they disappear again. It's like cream eggs as well, isn't it? They only make those like coming up to spring and then the rest of the year you can't find them. (laughs) Yeah, true, man. But yes, we should start a petition that pigs in blankets should be around like all year long. It's one of the best parts about Christmas. And James Hayes, Hayes Lee has put on um, uh, just silent, silently crying about <laughs> pigs and blankets not being available all year. Yeah, I love it, man. But now they are, they are good. Um, I think that's probably okay. So, 
what like one thing is your favorite part of Christmas dinner? Like in terms of the food? I really like well I say I really like the stuffing because I don't normally have that. Like you know, my mum used to make this like sausage meat. Oh, I was like sausage meat stuffing. I was I was literally just balls of sausage meat and I love that. It was just like <laughs> So the balls, like it was just a salt fest, like balls of sausage meat and pigs in blankets and bacon on the turkey. It's just fucking crazy. No wonder I'm like 20 stone, but like, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I think I just love the all of the food, all of the drink, and then like, everyone being together. Like, I'm a big fan of Christmas and Christmas dinner. Yeah. So for me, it's the roast potatoes. Like, oh, it's yeah. the only time of year that we bother to get goose fat to roast our potatoes in. And it just, it just, Tastes that little bit better. I've just got a delivery. I'll be back in a sec. So next question. Uh, why do I spend more time buying things than training? <laughs> so basically this question was uh, from me. Uh, so recently, I think <laughs> I've taken a back seat for training uh, because of family stuff, uh, you know, multiple children and pandemics and all whatnot. But I, I have found recently, since I haven't been training as much, there's definitely been a shift in my mindset of buying a lot more things or, or wanting I think it's more wanting to buy a lot more things and keeping your eye a lot more close on marketplace and just looking to buy things here or there and it got me thinking you know I think when you're in and amongst it and training is going really really well you know it's, it's it's a huge thing to you so I think you can get by you know if you have like crap plates or a, a naked bar but training's going really, really well don't care whereas i think when you kind of lose that you do sort of shift a bit more to looking at other stuff you know so you know they always say when you're i think we touched on it earlier when you're buying maybe they're not happy in other aspects and i think maybe with my lifting because i'm you know with injuries and being away from it and not happy it's made me take a step back and think okay well i love this hobby uh this training and you know is business for me as well so i might I just seem to be looking more towards things to buy instead of actually lifting. So instead of working out how to get the most out of my deadlift, it's it's now what are the um, you know best platform I can get or what the best plates I can get. So I definitely noticed a correlation in me not lifting so much and buying more stuff or <laughs> more stuff. But uh, I'm hoping when I get back into being really really good at lifting again and everything's back on form, then I've got everything I could ever possibly need and I'll be happy as out. But uh, yeah. Well, I've noticed since we've brought uh, Nick and James. Remember, James into the chat, there's a lot more talk about like kit, and it's making me go, "Oh, I didn't even know those were a thing." Like those jammer arms, I didn't yeah. even know those were a thing. However, I now oh, want them. God. Exactly. I was like, "What the? Where? What? When? When did this become a thing?" Like, and and now it's like I've got a post Christmas list. So I spent the, I'm reading a book at the moment. It's called, what's it called? Uh, it's all about investing and being a proper adult and thinking about my future. And I think turning 30 is making me go, um, I'm self-employed now. I kind of have to think about like pensions and all that bollocks and making my money go and work for itself. And so I'm listening to a book called The Money Shot. And it's all about like financial planning and like where to go and invest, ISIS retirement and all that kind of stuff so I sat down and like figured out where all my money is and I'm going right so if I want to set aside like 300 pounds a month to pay for kit I need to earn x amount and I can have that and go off as um what's it called uh, re uh reinvesting in my business so yeah I spent the day doing that the other day figuring out where I need to be in terms of numbers of clients and charging and blah 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 and basically within a year I should be able to really fancily kit out my gym uh, I've spent <laughs> with all this new stuff coming in. I've uh, I had to spend the time like, right, how am I going to be able to allocate my money to be able to fund my new um, buying of equipment like obsession, which I thank you guys for because up until like I joined like home gym, I thought I was pretty much done, and now it's just like oh shiny objects, like I I want to yeah shiny objects are entering totally yeah. yeah. So what sort of stuff have you been looking into? You've been looking for some chrome plates and stuff, haven't you? Well, the chrome plates just popped up on Facebook. Um, they're only, I think they went for two quid a kilo, but they're these weed uh, chrome plates, but they look like the Ivanko ones, of uh, like the old ones, which are really rare now. Um, and they just popped up. And I was like, oh, they look so cool. Like, 
Uh, I had to, I had to, yeah, they're like, they're calibrated plates. Um, but they're rust, they're like rust buckets. I put them in a vinegar bath and it's come out quite nicely, actually. But I've been speaking to a guy in the States who sort of given me some ideas to make them look really pretty. So I've got a few things I'm going to do to it, but it's one of those things I'll just be doing, tinkering, tinkering along with it when I get an opportunity, which isn't, yeah. Nothing. But, um, uh, I just I just love it like just kind of restoring those but then it got me thinking like oh god I would love a full set of these this that would be really <laughs> like I'd love to restore a full set well I'll tell you what if I see any chrome plates and they are local I will make sure to pass them on and if I need to go and pick them up for you like oh, I'll, yeah, I'll let you know I'll feed you a habit <laughs> yeah no, they're very cool I would love a full set they're the weeder ones like I, I, I never saw them before I didn't realize we'd have made a, a run of them um but they're very cool like uh very rare like never yeah never, so I presume there's a set I reckon my theory is that there's been a full set knocking around in the northeast at some point and it's just been split up because uh, right. I saw a pair of 15s the other in um, a few months ago I wish I bought them but I didn't uh but I got these 10s and even so just you know they're just nice templates to restore them I'll keep them I just it'd be something cool to have you know and that's just it just keep an eye out and like as they pop up then just snap them up and eventually have a full set which is going to be worth oh crap the dog's got out just a second oh no Hello. why did you let the doggy out while he's still out we'll move on to the next one why is such a crap meat like turkey the best of meat? It's just a shit chicken from Danny. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, I, I quite like turkey. I think it's it's all up to who cooks it. It's got to be done well. But, you know, we're talking about I think you really have to start. Uh, it's all about the prep, you know, like the butter under this and drying them you know, doing it low and slow, like using thermometers, all that kind of stuff. I think they take a lot of work. I think I think if you can oh, cook a child, like right, they're absolutely dead. Uh, all through this morning, she's just been sat nicely on the iPad. And as soon as I want to just yeah, sit down, time. it's like, right, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go mental with a wild child. Set the doggy free. No, no problem, mate. So we're having a look at um, was it? we're talking about turkey. So turkey, I'm kind of, I think turkey in the right hands is a phenomenal meat. I think it's delicious. Yeah. I really like some dark meat off the turkey. I have had some naff naff birds over the years, um, and I just did it. If it's as you said, if it's cooked wrong, it can be dry. It can be. I think because people aren't used to cooking it, they they can do it wrong, and then they're also so so scared of giving everyone food poisoning because it's such a big bird like if you get what a five kilo turkey it takes like three and a half hours to cook um so i think sometimes people overcook it because they're so scared of undercooking it and at the end of the day you're not going to know it's undercooked until you've cut into it and then it's a bit like oh i've just ruined the turkey yeah, but, I mean, like, I think in the right place it's great. But I mean, I'm more of a beef man anyway, so I think I'm going to go for beef this year instead of turkey. But saying that, I think I will miss it. I do love a bit of turkey stuffing and cranberry sauce. Like I'm a yeah. beef. Well, I used to go to my grand's. So from when we moved to this country, I was about two, mm-hmm. um, till about well, till basically the Christmas Willow was born. So what's that? Two years ago now. Yeah, um, so what's that, 24 years, 25 years? Like, out of 25 Christmases, we had, like, two Christmases where it wasn't a turkey. One year, it was a goose, and I don't know if you've ever had goose, but it's it's quite fatty and gamey, and it just wasn't liked. And then one year, we had just beef, and everyone really missed the turkey. Um, I remember my uncle and my granddad always used to almost pretty much fight over the parson's nose, which is basically the uh, turkey's arse. So I don't know why they would fight over it, but apparently it's a very juicy cut of meat, but I've never had it and I don't particularly want it. Um, And we have a turkey crown because my missus only likes white meat. So of course, because she only likes white meat, we can't get a full turkey, but I would be the only one that ate the dark meat anyway. Turkey crowns are a lot more expensive than buying a whole turkey turkey, though. Yeah, definitely. Willow, so we've just started potty training. So we've got obviously we've got a potty, and I've had to buy a step so that she can get up to wash her hands after it. The step has just got here, and you should see 
see how excited she is about the step. Yeah. She is having the absolute yeah. time of her life. Find me up onto the step. Very cute. Mate, you've just rocked her world with that little step. She's very sweet. Uh, mate, like I'm just I'm so happy that <laughs> that is now she is now gonna keep herself entertained for at least half an hour, walking up those steps, coming off and congratulating herself. Last one. Oh, yeah, we've got next one. So, what would you rather get for Christmas? Guaranteed new PBs on all lifts next year, but you would have to brutally and irrationally destroy your three favorite bits of equipment, or you get to upgrade three bits of equipment for free, but you make no gains whatsoever next year. So, I think I'm already in the second category where I upgrade everything, but I've made no gains. So, I've already done that this year, so I guess I would go for the other ones. Yeah, brutally and irrationally destroy your three god that's like that's a hard one that is it like i've put that that's really hard like for me i care more about my training mm. so but i don't really want i'm i'm not that bothered about getting like pbs on lifts now if it was like right i'm guaranteed obviously i'd still have to work hard but i'm guaranteed to win like a bodybuilding competition then it's just like oh, three favorite bits of kit though. I've spent a lot of money on that kit. <laughs> well, I guess the caveat to that thing is I need I kind of need that kit to make the PBs because if I don't have a squat rack bar in place, I'm not PBing on anything. So yeah, yeah. So I think I mean at the moment I'm kind of in the plate of buying stuff and not making any gains. But yeah, I just I, I need I'm, I'm going to cop out and say look, I need that kit to make the. PBs. <laughs> I'm guessing it would be right. I'm going my three bits of kit and put another year on the back burner of making no progress. Yeah. I'm only 30, so I've still got plenty of time after it. But if I could get, like, I don't know, like an elite FTS like squat rack, a fucking just, I don't know, amazing full set of dumbbells from like two to 50 kilos and then what's the dumbbells so yeah what's the three bits of kit that you'd upgrade so for me it'd be a a sick like rack that had like all the bells and whistles so like a leg press attachment everything that i'd kind of ever need those primal ones the 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 month what are they called stealth monster monster they're like five six grand like i've seen what i'm gonna buy myself like once money's not an issue um I'll probably still keep a squat, a full squat rack just for the safety. Um, I quite like having a rack now that I've got one, but like having the Smith machine, the leg press, all the, all the cables where things move around, like it's basically an entire gym in one station, isn't it? Oh, pretty cool. Um, and then it'd be a full dumbbell rack from two kilos to 50, just because I'd have clearly, and then to upgrade to a double garage. Those would be the three things that I would... Uh, uh, double garages. That, yeah. That's then I've got more space for all my space shiny new kit. So a year yeah. of gains for those three things, okay? That's fine. Sign me up. As long as I maintain. Like, I can't move backwards. I've got to yeah. stay exactly where I am right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's a fair compromise. I mean, I'm kind of like... My new thing is with the one space is to try and make it feel as open as possible because I know you, I know your gyms are like a freaking maze, but I was like I'm really trying to strip back what I actually need and what I actually use and what I um, don't really need or change. I mean, hence the reason I'm trying to make, change my rack into a half rack, which is nearly done actually. I've, I've, I've had the piece of machine that just needs some a couple more bits drilled into it, but if just it was giving me almost like anxiety. Like it, it, I don't know. I think I've got a mental illness. It becomes like an obsession of making it. I need to make it feel as open as possible. Actually, <laughs> so, it needs to flow. Yeah, so it's like you know I've got a full rack in there which works fine. Whereas now I need a half rack because I need to the space to overhead press. Whereas I could probably over press if I got right into the side of the house. I just wanted to feel like get everything yeah. out. But that, that's, but that's your thing at the moment like at the end of the day you've shifted some bits of kit that was taking up space um and no doubt in six months time you'll change your mind again so just don't sell the other half of your rack yeah <laughs> no i won't be saying that this is the joy of gyms right like that you can change them to suit your goals like a couple of years ago it was very different whereas now it's um everything just just moving things around 100 percent um right daniel james smith for the upper body should we all be pulling twice as much as we're pushing i.e two rowing movements for every pushing movement i heard 
Julius Maddox say that's how he trains, and it reminded me that a physio had once told me the same thing. Um, Quite a common thing, isn't it? Like it does pop up a lot in terms of shoulder health. Yes, I think in terms of shoulder health, mobility, injury prevention, all that kind of stuff. I think for the average person, yes, actually, because. As human beings, we're very, very anterior. Everything we do is slightly in front of us, which means the pec, the anterior deltoid, everything across here is getting lots and lots of just activation throughout the day. And what you'll see with the majority, I think it's something silly, like 95% of people have got some sort of like mild kyphosis, which is the, uh, the rounding of the back to the front as the muscles across the front are too tight and the muscles across your upper back are like too weak. So the idea behind it is those low rowing, those rowing movements where you keep your elbows in and retract your shoulder blades, pull your shoulder blades and everything back into position and help with postural alignment, etc. So I think for the average person that's like texting, typing, driving, that is some very, very good advice, uh, especially in the first like six months to a year of training. Um to try and kind of correct some of those like lifestyle imbalances that kind of happen. Whether it needs to be done forever is again questionable. Um, Is it the most optimum way to kind of train? Probably not. If you just want to train to look and feel better, then it's a very, very good ratio to kind of keep. Um, Whereas if you're training for a specific reason, if you're trying to pull twice as often as you push, and say, for example, you're a bodybuilder and your chest and your shoulders are like a lagging body part, you'd be having to train six days a week to be able to get enough volume in to get those to grow and then balance that out with the amount of pulling that you'd have to do. So again, it's another, it depends. It depends on where you are in your journey, what your goals are and like what you want to get out of training. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things that pops up all the time. And I think, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I would absolutely say double and all that. But in terms of actual time and, like, realistically, God, no, I don't do double the amount of um, pulling to pressing. I mean, maybe I should, but, fuck, like, I just don't think I'd have the time or the the, the want to do it. But I would say, I I, I mean, I've all, I was quite lucky, fortunate as a coach. I had... Sorry, not as a coach, as a player. Um, my first SNC coach was adamant about tons of pulling movements in the very early. To the fact I didn't bench press until I was about, I think, 23 is when I started bench pressing. So, no, actually, I think that, yeah, like, I didn't, no, no, I'm lying to you. We didn't start benching till we were in the academy. Yeah, I didn't start bench pressing until I was about 18. So, the first, um, you know, I started training at 15. So, for the first three years, there was no benching. It was all pulling, loads of pulling. If we did, it was overhead press or was like a really high incline dumbbell press. And I do think that set me up for some good shoulder health. I mean, maybe it would have made my pressing would be better if I did a bit more because I'm not the best air presser. But in terms of shoulder health, yeah, I was quite fortunate that we did tons and tons of pulling. So it's probably something I've done already anyway. But I think the, the good thing about what, what, what the interesting about there is like when they say tons of pulling is in your warm-ups, you can that's the 2025 faceballs and that all counts towards it anyway but i would i mean yeah everyone not just any population everyone i say god yeah hammer your rows hammer like really hammer your back like you know you hear it over and over again but was it you can't shoot a cannon off a canoe so when you're benching mm-hmm. you don't have that really strong stiff upper back you're not going to be able to, you're going to have the foundation to press big weights so i think some people make it out to be a bigger deal than it is but I think it is important. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's definitely worth it. I mean, for especially people I train, yeah, there is a there is a lot more emphasis on the pool because, like you say, everyone is absolutely you know like pigeon. I think what you've you've said something really really interesting there, as in you could add that into your mobility work. So doing band pull aparts, face pulls, um, doing some sort of row variation, you can do that as activation work. You don't necessarily need to be doing working sets on those pulling movements, you just need to be activating the muscles. So just getting a little mini band. So like I'll often be doing, I'll be doing sets of bench and I'll be doing band pull aparts in between. Oh, you okay? Oh, it's, oh, it's Mordu. She's watching Brave, the, the big bear's just come. Mordu. Mordu. Um, so yeah, you don't necessarily need to be doing working sets with those. You can do band pull-aparts in between your sets of bench. You can wrap the band up of, um, around the top of uh, the pull-up rack 
and be doing uh, face pulls again with a band uh, while you're doing kind of other exercises, whether it's just trying not to do the mini band work or the band work while you're then doing a rowing variation. So if you're doing a press, you can do a pull to oppose it just with the resistance band. If you're training, if you're doing squats or things like that, activating the upper back and your um, rhomboids and locking your shoulder blades and everything in, getting that as a well ingrained like movement pattern is probably not going to do you any harm. It's not going to take away from the other things that you're doing. And especially if you notice that you are slightly kind of like curved in at the shoulders, just getting those reps in like you do every day when you're texting, when you're here and you're pulling everything in. So just doing more of that stuff to activate the upper back, I think would be really, really useful for the majority of people. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so uh, I think that is it. Is there any other things you'd like to cover this week, mate? Or uh, Yeah, I mean, how, how did you find training um, around isolating? Like, how did you fit it in? How, how was it for you? So for me, it's, it's one of those, like, for me, trainers are non-negotiable at the moment because I am competing in the... Sorry, she's uh, she's got no knickers on, so she's just thinking for a wee-wee. Um, so because it's non-negotiable, I've had to make time for it, which thing, for me, things like family time and stuff have suffered. So I would normally, on a Tuesday or a Friday evening, from about 8pm, be in here with the kids and with Natalie and spending time. But now, that's an hour that I'm having to dedicate to training if I wasn't competing in the summer I might have I might have just dropped a session out just to kind of get a bit more of a better balance but it's one of those things where because it's important to me at the moment I've had to make sacrifices in other areas and when people say that they don't have time to train or they don't have time to do these things they they 100% do it's just they're prioritizing other things ahead of training and that's not right or wrong. It's just the decision that they've made. So for me, training comes up here in terms of priorities, which means some of the other things that I would like to get done don't get done. Whereas for other people, they flip it kind of the other way around. Would you ever say, you know, not always, but would you ever say something suffer like, I don't know, family time or specific things or how do you, would you ever say that's been a victim sometimes of yeah. having specific goal 100 percent um things like not being able to yeah that is daddy um not being able to go out for meals when i'm like deep in prep or i will have avoided if somebody's like birthday or something i might avoid going because i know the temptation is going to be too high um there you go that's your one so yeah sometimes like oh yeah family stuff has definitely kind of been affected with kind of like my choice of goals but I'm quite lucky as in my partner understands that and she tries to not make me feel too guilty about it and when I'm getting neurotic um as because my body fat is at stupidly low levels she'll sit me down and we'll have a talk about it and she'll just tell me how much of an arsehole I'm being and uh basically give my head a wobble or go live somewhere else <laughs> but as I said I'm, I'm quite lucky that she's mature enough that she recognizes when there's a problem that I need to be called out on it because if she just like nags at me I just I just get irritable and it just starts an argument whereas if we sit down and have a talk about it and I can realize no actually you're you're being right here it, this is my choice like you guys shouldn't be suffering because of my moods etc and that is something that I can control yes it's much harder to control when you are in balls deep into prep like you're going to be moody but you can make the decision to not take that out on other people yeah that's a good uh, it sounds like you got a good partnership there helping you and I'm so lucky like I would not I think if I was with anybody else that wasn't as patient, I would have probably been single after after prepping, just because anybody who's kind of gone through it, you've gone through a, like a heavy dieting phase. Like when you get to the back end of it, like you're not a nice person to be around. 
you become so food focused and so self focused because essentially you're you're in survival mode your body goes into like a permanent state of fight or flight because it's looking for food it's saying to you you are starving to death like you need to get some food in you like we don't know what's going on here but apparently food has become really really scarce so you become like hyper vigilant to everything and your brain is just going, when's my next meal meant coming in? When's that next bit of food coming in? And it's just, it's, it's not conducive of a healthy relationship. So anybody who's thinking about doing like a, whether it's like men's physique or bodybuilding or any sort of like aesthetic competition, know that it is going to take a big toll on the people that are around you. And you've got to, communicate clearly with them that that you're essentially going to become an arsehole for the next like 16 20 weeks and they need to be okay with that yeah yeah pretty true huh? awesome right i'm gonna to need to get going because yeah, i need to tie if you look at my front room at the moment it's absolutely destroyed the mummy's gonna be home Love soon it. so uh, I'm going to um, get her sorted and then the other kids are going to be back soon as well. So it's been great to have a chat with you again this yeah, week, matey. So for the guys and girls that have just caught the podcast and have been living under a rock and they don't follow you on Facebook and Instagram, where can everyone find you? Uh, at Bubbles and Beans on Instagram and Dan Frazier on Facebook. Perfect. And for me, it's at DJPT on both Instagram and Facebook. And, oh, we are also uploading all these videos to YouTube now. So hello, YouTube as well. So uh, on YouTube, basically because I don't have 100 subscribers yet, I can't change the, um, the, the, the profile link or whatever it is. But I'm pro- it's probably going to be either the DJPT or I might make a... Different one for the podcast. We'll see how it goes. But uh, always been always good to catch up with you, buddy. And I will speak to you later on in the week. Yeah, absolutely. You take care, mate. Take care.